אבל אם מקשר עצמי לכל הצדיקים האמיתים של דרנו ולכל הצדיקים האמיתים שאוכלנו אף הקדוש משבר עצמה ובפחד רבנו הקדוש צדיק יסוד עולם נחל נובע מקור חוכמה רבנו נחמן ופגם את שמחה נא נח נחמן נחמן נאומן זכותו תגן עלינו ועל כל ישראל אמן Uh, we'll do 278, 279, and 280, as well. Let's start. Rabbi Nusser said, Rabbi This is the source for where breast lovers don't drink or eat before tefillah. Many of the Kubanim don't do this practice, but um, it is common among most people, uh, even according to the base Halakha of Shulchan Aruch, that you're allowed to drink um, water before tefillah. Um, Rabbi Natan, Rabbi Anu explained, of course, that even according to the law, um, they only allow drinking coffee or tea um, in the scenario where a person isn't feeling well or sick. But Rabbi Natan writes in the Kudah Lachot HaShkamat HaBoker, in the Lachot HaShkamat HaBoker, that he explains that he brings the Ariya Kadosh, and he explains that a person who drinks or eats before Tfilah is uh, equivalent to a person who commits uh, witchcraft, um, the same idea as Kishuf. <laughs> Very... Um, Strong words, but nonetheless, um, Rabbi Natan says those people who drink and eat before Tfilah are doing something uh, not okay and they're trying to rely on gr- a great tree like those great tzaddikim before who used to do that um, because they were sick. And Rabbi Natan saying it's not, compar- it's not uh, comparable. Those tzaddikim were sick and uh, you aren't necessarily sick and you're still drinking coffee or tea before Tfilah. Um, now, not a lot of people do this, so it's not to say that you immediately have to stop and uh, and listen to what we're saying here. But it is to, to keep an open mind and an open heart to these words because Mamash Rabenu is is giving us a derch in Abodat Hashem that we do not eat or drink before tefillah. And Rabenu said that he had never even taken a sip of water before prayer. Now, Mind, uh, keep in mind that Rabbeinu used to wake up Chatzot. And imagine in the winter months that Chatzot was around 11 p.m. Or you consider 11 p.m. And then nets would be around like 5, 6 a.m. So they used to do a fast in the morning. The second they used to wake up, they used to fast. Um, for hours on end. 7, 6, 7, 8 hours, even 9 hours. Depending on how long the night was. In the winter when the nights are longer, they used to be, they used to be fasting more. Um, for those many hours, uh, up until after net and after prayer, when they used to drink and uh, and eat and have their morning meal, um, this was common with the great tzaddikim, uh, especially with the blessed Hasidim, That it's we take it upon ourselves as a practice, of course, to the best of our ability, not to drink or eat before tefillah, even uh, water. And this is something that is a very high standard, but nonetheless, we should strive for. Rabenu was strict. He he was what you call it. He was strict about those people who drink coffee, uh, and Rabbi Natan writes and the likes of so uh, coffee, tea, whatever drink is similar to this, maybe orange juice, whatever it could be, uh, before tefillah. Rabenu was makpid on this. He he was strong on this. He said not to do it. And um, of course, it's only reserved for those people who really aren't feeling well to to drink coffee or tea or water before tefillah. Now, according to the Shulchan Aruch, as we said earlier, water is totally fine. But um, people think it is okay to drink 
coffee, tea, and they rely on uh, people who said so. Rabbeinu, Rabbi Natan explain, and they, they have many reasons for this, why it's, not, uh, why it's not good to rely on this. Now, nonetheless, each and every person knows his level. So, pray to Hashem Barach that you're able to, that we are able to, to fulfill this, this directive of Rabbeinu, because it's not something easy. Uh, especially a person who gets up chatzot, imagine the best of chassidim, they wake up chatzot, and they, they don't drink or eat before tefillah, they do, a, they do a fast in the beginning of the day. This is how Rabbi Israel uh, broke the fast of Shiva Asar Betamuz when, when he was feeling sick. And that's when he was feeling sick. Rabbi, Rabbi Israel didn't eat or drink before tefillah for years, 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 years. This was before he even got to that age and when she received the petek. But he had been doing this practice for years, waking up at Chatzot and staying for hours on end, doing Avodat Hashem, Tefillah, Limud Torah, Mikveh, Net, doing all the Avodat Hashem that a person needs to do at midnight, at uh, the Chatzot hours, and then only drinking after Tefillah. So, this was something common. Um, sorry I'm staying on this so long, but it is uh, an important practical piece of advice that we all go through for we all pray in the morning. And it's something good not to engage in Gashmir directly or even drink or eat. Uh, almost engage in a small fast. And this is uh, some of the secrets that Rabbeinu teaches us about fasting. That this applies, when, especially when a person wakes up Chatzot and he fasts those beginning hours of the morning, those several hours of the morning, before he even uh, drinks after tefillah. Um, he's able to accomplish a fast of some sort. And of course Rabbeinu speaks very highly about fasting. But uh, Rabbi Natan says that today we... According to Rabbeinu, oral tradition, we, it's not common to fast. Breast lovers, now there are some people that say they will, some people that say they won't, but Rabbi Natan, many times, Meforashi explains that uh, the fasting is no longer uh, needed. Uh, we engage in Ibadudut and other things. But the fasting that we do engage in is this type of fast, which is before tefillah. And uh, if we can hold to this, then happy are we, Bezrat Hashem. Seif Resha Inchet. Rabbeinu explains to us, he says, there are many teachings in the Holy Zohar that Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai revealed to his students after he passed away. Meaning there are teachings in the Zohar that were post the passing of Rabbi Shimon. Meaning Rabbi Shimon came back and taught it to his students. And Rabbeinu is not going to explain the subject of what we call the Chabura Kadma'a, what is mentioned in the Zohar Kadosh in several different places, in Parashat Pinchas and other uh, places, the Parashat Pinchas, page 119b, it explains over there, it uses the word Chabura Kadma'a, first edition. Now, Rabbeinu explains, Rabbeinu says the world doesn't really understand this subject or these words of what's the Zohar coming to teach us with when it says first edition what's this first edition what's it saying what does that imply now Rabbeinu explains the truth is is coming to teach us that what Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai revealed several lessons after his passing and that which he revealed to them before he passed away is what we call the Chabura Kadma, the first edition. The first edition are those teachings that Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai revealed before he passed. 
And with this, we can understand, well, now it makes sense. Now it makes sense that we find in the writings of the Holy Zohar, in the Tikkunei Zohar, and all the different books of the Zohar, explanations on the teachings of the Amoraim, the Talmudic sages that, that existed after Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai's life. Meaning, people that were born much after Rabbi Shimon, for a long time after. And yet there's teachings in this Holy Zohar about sayings of the certain sages in the Gemara uh, or Amoraim that said certain things, but those Amoraim lived after Rabbi Shimon and Rabbi Shimon never crossed paths with them. So how is it Rabbi Shimon Bar is teaching something in the Zohar that comes from a sage maybe tens or hundreds of years later? However, the truth is, these teachings Rabbi Shimon Bar revealed after his passing. And then these sages were in the world already. These, um, the sages of the Gemara. And Rabbanu says afterwards, I found this subject in a book. Rabbanu knew this idea and then he came across it in a special book. I believe that book is Kise Melech on the Tikkun Ezoar, number 7, uh, on the word Be'agada, on page 7b of the Tikkun Ezoar. Um, if I'm not mistaken, um, that's what I was looking at the footnotes in the in the version of the of the Brazil Research Institute. But uh, nonetheless, Rabenu knew this inyan and this shoresh. He knew the source of this uh, of this concept. He knew it in its uh, root, and then he came across it in a book. So we see here how um, Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai's teachings were not only in his lifetime but also after. Seiv Reja Intet, conversation 279. One time Rabbanu spoke to me in this language. Told me this. Uh, sorry for butchering that. But look what it says here. When things go very bad or when things are very bad. Um, Rabbanu advises us to mevatel yourself completely, nullify yourself completely, make yourself nothing. Rabbi Nathan says, I asked Rabbanu, how do, you, how do you nullify yourself? What does that even mean? How do you perform this mitul to nullify yourself within God's uh, existence? And Rabbanu responded, Mefar macht das moil und die oigen Oigin is bitul. I butchered that again, but the translation of that, uh, of that is close your mouth, close your eyes, and that's what we call bitul. You close your mouth and your eyes, and this is this is the bitul. This is the nullification. Rabbi Nathan explains, from this we can understand the advice, this piece of advice Rabbi Nathan is giving us. And what is it? That when the evil inclination comes and overpowers a person, confuses his intellect very much with all sorts of immoral thoughts, evil thoughts, confusions that are very difficult to uh, beat, that are very difficult to overpower. Then you should nullify yourself completely. If you cannot Overpower these thoughts. You cannot overpower the etzara. Nullify yourself. Because it's possible that at times a person can totally nullify himself. A person 
and so, uh, at certain times can totally nullify himself entirely. Meaning to close your mouth, to seal your mouth shut, to seal your eyes shut, to remove your dot, your consciousness, totally. As if you have no consciousness or thought at all. All you do is completely nullify yourself to God. Um, completely, you're, you're completely nullified within God's uh, oneness. And this is a piece of advice. Whenever the Yitzhak is very strong, you, you go to Bitul. Take a Rabbanu hints to in lesson 65 of Likud Moran. When the pain is tremendously strong, a person shuts his eyes um, because he puts his um, he puts himself in the aspect of the um, the world to come. Because your soul is uh, leaving you at some level. There's there's deep uh, subject with there's deep ideas with regard to lesson sixty five. I'm sure there's a, a connection here, um, and several other lessons in the Quran talks about the Inanna Bitul, but. Um, um, we see here the the advice Rabban is giving us. Sometimes all we need to do, close our eyes and shut our mouth and literally just just stop. It's as if we're not even here. It's like we're, we're nothing. You forget yourself even. Torah Reshpeh, 280. Sorry, see, Yiv Reshpeh. I heard in the name of the Rebbe that he said, with regard to why tzaddikim constantly wander, or why there are tzaddikim that wander on the road, they go on journeys. Rabbeinu says, Rabbeinu says, the reason for this is because there are souls, there are outcast souls, souls that cannot come into the side of holiness, that cannot be rectified, that they're not able to ascend, except unless the tzaddik wanders. The only way that tzaddik is, the only way these souls are able to elevate themselves and to achieve rectification is if the tzaddik wanders around. There's a tzaddik who does not want to wander. He wanders in his own home. Meaning he just takes steps in his house, going back and forth, pacing back and forth. And that too is accomplishing this wandering. Like Rabban was mentioned at the beginning, that's able to rectify these outcast souls. Imagine just the movement of the tzaddikim are able to rectify souls beyond the imagination. Really happy are we that we merited to draw close to a Rebbe like, like Rabbi Nachman, who gives us advice like this, who teaches us things that are this great, that gives us a taste of what it means to be in the world to come. That's it for today. Next uh, uh, episode, we'll do, start with Seif Reshpe Aleph, Conversation 281.